everybody, and welcome to Material Episode 112. I am Andy Anatko. And I'm Russell Ivanovich. And I am Florence Ion. <laughs> yeah, and I, I am now the, well, the, I, I am like the Schrodinger's owner of a Pixel phone, even though we went through all that stuff last week about how, oh, now Google's trying to get rid of the old pixels, and gosh, there's they're they're two hundred bucks off, and I almost bought one, but I really thought about it, and da, da, da. and so uh, I have to say Schrodinger's owner because I I, I ordered one before the weekend. Uh, I've got that dreaded like FedEx status that says a label has been created. Which means that well, that could mean anything. It means that I could create a label, uh, but you are now in a holding pattern for uh, the rest of the month while you wait for this I, thing to arrive on your doorstep. Again, yeah, that that horrible limbo where like planes, trains, or automobiles have not been invoked yet. So, but uh, I'll, so I'll tell you what happened. This is a, this is exactly where like my where my desirability of of Pixel Phone version one is. That uh, at the two hundred dollar off discount, that was enough for me to put one actually in my uh, my Google Store shopping cart and then think about it and then decide uh, okay no that's that's five it's a it's a really good deal but I don't really need to spend 500 bucks on a on a phone even though it's a, a really good deal and then I found out on uh, uh dailysteals.com they have like uh, refurb models of the exact the entire line for much better prices I got a 128 gigabyte uh, Pixel non XL in the color of my choice. 128? 128 gigs. Oh, it was like four hundred. Four hundred dollars minus a minus a twenty dollar coupon I found online. Minus so twenty dollars. So it was three hundred and seventy nine bucks. Yeah. So for, for one hundred twenty eight gigs for three hundred eighty bucks. Yeah, I the the way I put it, it was now think of all, it'll it'll pay for itself just in the amount of time that I will not have to waste thinking about. Okay, now I need to make sure that I subdivide my music library into playlists for this. Like, no, let's just put the whole damn thing on there. So yeah, damn, that, that was the yeah. If, That's and, a good deal. But, there before, are a lot of people in our chat room now, very very angry with you. I just want to say two things. Firstly, one of us, one of us, well, I believe we now all have the uh, the Pixel phone. The other one is. I'm starting to believe this was the most brilliant marketing campaign that Google has ever conducted. They've obviously got some inventory left uh, prior to the launch of the, the new Pixel. They put out some leaks. They're like, oh, it's squeezable and there's no headphone jack. You totally don't want this. It's, it's a terrible phone. It's a terrible phone. And then we've all gone out. I've literally this week I've bought a case for my Pixel because I've gone back to the Pixel. Phil stole my other case. I'm like, fine, I'll buy like another Google Pay case. I'll put a photo on the back. So they've sold a case to me. They've sold a phone to you. Flo, have you bought any uh, Pixel products this week? No, and actually I asked Andy, I'd asked you over the weekend for the discount, but I decided I need to just not spend money for a while because I spent a lot of money on smartening up my home. <sighs> so, you know, kind of waiting to reap the benefits of that. <laughs> that would make a cool show topic if you could kind of walk us around like all the, the different things. Not not today's show. Don't want to catch you like unawares, but that, I'd yeah. love to see the kind of stuff you bought. I uh, I'm really trying to get into it. I'm taking a little break right now because I spent a lot of money and kind of one very quick chunk, <laughs> which maybe wasn't the smartest thing to do, especially at the beginning of, uh, you know, a new freelance career. But uh, but I'm still wondering if maybe I should like if I should get one for my husband when the Pixel 2 comes out, when inevitably it'll be cheaper anyway. Like I won't have to wait for like a unicorn deal and then I could just buy it outright. 
at the 128 gigabyte mark, which by the way, I was yelling because I kick myself in the butt every day. Well, not every day, but every other day about getting the really blue one because I didn't get the 128 gigs, but I did get the fancy like blue color. And then I have the matching blue case, with the matching blue headphones. So it looks like really cool, but I have to constantly archive data on it. I, I, would, ab- I would absolutely <laughs> not fault you for that because I literally was waffling between, yeah, but 30, I know it's 32 gigs, but it's blue. How many so blue pretty. phones are it's there? It's so pretty. And, and, and yes, a larger screen, but I'm like, oh, but I want, okay. then I had to slap myself and think my, think to myself how much I, the only thing I hated about my Nexus 5X was that the, the one that I bought was a 32 gig phone, which is, there is no way I can get my life on a phone and anything less than 32 gigabytes plus 600 megabytes more. It's like, it's just at that cusp of possible, so close to possible that I could talk myself into cheaping out and then realizing that, no, if I have an opportunity to spend $20 more to get the most amount of storage God or humanity has ever put into a mobile device, <laughs> that's $20 well spent. I can I can go see IMAX 3D movie wait for it to come to a DVD if that's what it will take because I, I have known that pain. <laughs> well, I'm continually living in the pain because I don't have an expansion slot on my Pixel. But you know what? Everyone yeah. out there in, in the land, I'm also of the privileged type with 12 other phones I can bring with me on the trip. So I have run out of data. Let me just pull one from the, <laughs> the stack. Oh, this one's charged. Yeah. Throw that one away. Oh, this one's good. That, that that's the curse of the of the tech tech reporter. I was the reason the reason why I switched to like a uh, uh, to Android O beta like as my, as my full time daily carry was because I was carrying both the, the five, my five X and the six P. The six P was did not have my SIM card in it. It was just there yeah. as a test device. I happened to have it with me on a trip to New York City, and then my battery started running low on my five X, and then I thought. Oh, well, gosh, I don't want to. I know I got a bad, I've got a USB battery, but I don't want to have to carry it around with that cable. I know I'll sit on this park bench, get out my SIM extraction tool that I keep in my wallet, and just move the SIM between one and another and just switch it from one MSRP $600 phone to another MSRP $700 phone because that's what you do. You carry $1,500 worth of phones with you. And then, yeah. then you look so. down on people that smash their phones. You're like, how could you smash your phone? Don't you have how 12 you others? Do, how could you do something like that? Well, no, I just think <laughs> it's terrible that you would that, that phones smash. But uh, I'll tell you, some of the phones that I've been using lately are so slippery. Like, I have an Honor 9 right now that I'm just kind of like playing around with and, um, and just sort of like seeing if it's something that's worth for people to import. Since I guess now you can buy it on Amazon. There's like an entry for it. And like I left to go to the other side of the house and I heard this huge crash and I thought it was my cat just being like bad. And I come back, it's just the phone had just slid off of the chair just on its own because the chassis is so smooth. Uh, Anyway, it's a nice chassis. Um, The, I have to say the funny thing is uh, I have finally told my friends about my other phone number. And for that reason, Andy is because I, I have a little like MVNO SIM that I put in my review phones because I have a Verizon uh, primary, so like I can't really swap sims for that. 
So yeah, I've started introducing my friends to my second wow. phone number. <laughs> that is, that is yeah. a big step. For I've never like, done that. I also have a second like phone number. Just like talking to my friend. Well, my Pixel, the Android O beta, is like eating the crap uh, out of the battery. Yeah, yeah. So I can't even like I went to the city on Monday and I rushed home because I had a phone date with my friend and I like to you know I like to be in my relaxing like chair in the backyard. I like to have my own little you know phone talking area. Um, and so I rushed home and my phone was like twelve percent. It's like, there's no way I can't. So I told her, I was like, you're, you're going to get a phone call from a, another area code. And that's my <laughs> second phone. Please, please don't, please don't make me feel bad for having told you that I have two phone numbers and I have two phones on me at all times. It's, you, you know, it's if, they, if, they did, if they remade uh, Three's Company in like 2017, the misunderstanding that Mr. Furley got into would be that Flo must be must be cheating on with on her husband with another man. She has a super secret sin that she's not supposed to know that anybody else has. <laughs> but don't tell her, don't tell her I told you this. I'm supposed to be I'm supposed to be all hush hush about it. I'll, oh man. I'll tell you. Second sins come in really handy when um I had some a business I was trying to call and they weren't picking up my number and I'm like, I'm pretty sure they're not picking this up because they know it's me and they, they don't have my thing ready and they want to talk to me. So I pick up my second phone, I dial they they pick up instantly yeah. and I'm like, Hello, it's me. And I'm like, ha ha ha. Oh my you. gosh, I did that. I did that with an ex boyfriend <laughs> once. I did. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you call them on the phone and they're not picking up my cell phone, gotta call them from the work line. Anyway, this is not about yeah. my relationships moving on. No, no. And how, well, how did that make I will, you feel? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I will say that you did have a you did have a uh, you did have a point though. It's uh, now that we're close, we're now close enough to what we expect to be the launch of the Pixel Two. That now, when you do see a really shaky cam, blurry photo of what assumes to what purports to be an illegal photo from the production line of a production phone whether it's an iphone it's not as though you believe it but you don't you, you don't believe it in may because that would be no but now enough people have to be in on it at this point that yes now the people now lyle who you can never trust with anything now lyle has to have access to it because somebody has to mop the floors underneath the manufacturing plant after the you know and so now it really is looking very, very solid that there isn't going to be a headphone jack. And given that I had already in my own mind like composed this really like smug editorial about, yes, the Pixel 2 is the greatest maybe the greatest Android phone ever made. But you know what my phone is going to be? My Nexus 5X. Yes, a two-year-old phone because it still works. It takes great pictures. And I think that I'm getting off of this horse of every single year being expected to buy a new $800 smartphone. After after all of that, <laughs> that, that smug stuff, I've realized that I kind of like would like to have a I kind of would like to have a better camera. I kind of like to have more storage. But I was not ready to give up the headphone jack yet. I'm just not in that mental place because every how many it's it's uh, it's not the day to day stuff i'm i can deal with the day to day stuff of not having a headphone jack uh, what i don't want to deal with is that three times a year where it's like okay well damn it look i can't believe that that, that mbta commuter rail is like oh what a, does that all this weather i go oh, well at least at least i got like all kinds of audiobooks to listen to for the 3 hour delay oh that's right i only have my ring my, my bluetooth my bluetooth headphones are discharged and i do have plug-in headphones but they're the wrong kind of headphones okay. i find that that happens a little more than three times a year i will say 
uh, that I get into the dead headphone conundrum. That is definitely, maybe that's more of a fault of my own because I'm not, you know, I don't have like a power station at my house. Maybe I need to be one of those people and get like organized. <laughs> you can buy power stations on Amazon for goodness sakes. Uh, but I just, I'm, you know, I'm not trying to be hesitant for hesitant's sake. I'm trying to be hesitant for the fact that last week I forgot my headphones. And those of you who have ridden BART in the Bay Area know it is very loud and screechy and it hurts. <laughs> um, and I like just to have headphones in to sort of help null the sound. I didn't have earplugs and I wanted to listen to music. So I went to CVS and I bought a pair of earplugs for or uh, headphones for seven bucks. And I was able to do that and like, catch up on my podcast for, you know, my 50 minute commute. So it's just the convenience of being able to have that there. And I mean, is it, is the extra bit of thinness or whatever that it, that, you know, it makes room for, is that really worth it? You're you're missing that this is the future. You could have walked into a headphone store and paid $150 for a pair of like headphones that you only just needed for that moment. That's, that's the future. (laughs) I think, I think you're missing it. You know, what's the bummer (laughs) is that why don't why can't you buy like Bluetooth dongles for really cheap? Because you can buy them on Amazon for your car to just kind of stick in the aux. I mean, they're only like <laughs> 15, 18 bucks on Amazon uh, to kind of like make your car into a Bluetooth portal or whatever. I wish there was a way that you could just buy like the little dongle to um, plug in your headphone and then have that like make a Bluetooth profile that you yeah. can broadcast. All right, Kickstarter.com. I'm on this. We got to get on this before anyone else does. I'm pretty. Yeah. I'm pretty sure someone on AliExpress is already like selling these by the dozen, and we'll. <laughs> but see we can just resell like. them. That's what people do these days with Kickstarters. I, you find I something should, on AliExpress, and you like you paint it green. Mm. And you're like, look at my new shiny product. I'm a scientist. Yeah. Yeah, I'm surprised we we, we it didn't take long to see those cheapy. Uh, uh, lightning non non made for iPhone certified lightning cables appear at every every drugstore. Like, there's got to be. I don't I don't know why we're not seeing analog to digital converters that work through lightning or work through USB three yet. Uh, I know that's not just connecting lines of copper to two different connectors you can easily steal, but you know they're they're you know, people people who like to sell things for. Five dollars and ninety nine cents. Any package and uh, at the checkout slot line, they're very good. They're very crafty at that kind. Even if they're going to be build, building a three dollar charger that will set your head on fire, they'll be fr- they're happy to do that. I'm not I'm not sure why they're not coming in on that. I'm a little scared, actually. What's going to happen when? Because now when I go to CVS or whatever, and I'm kind of like looking at the little the stuff surrounding me in the aisles before the checkout, I see you know micro USB. I even see lightning. I never see USB-C. Like, I, I've never seen USB-C in those lines. I've never seen a pink USB cable, USB-C cable outside of Monoprice thus far. Yeah. Um, so, and, you know, I just, like, wrote this huge feature about how you need to shop for USB-C cables and, like, what you need to look for. And, yeah, it's a little... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I'm glad. I, I'm, I hope that we head into that USB-C future sooner rather than later. Yeah, uh, it's it's the it's the first chance we've really had at truly having one connector for everything. I, I have this pallet, this, this like little board of elastics. It's a uh, this is a little travel thing that I love. It's got it'll, it'll keep every single cable tidy, cable tidy, and I have to have like four different kinds of cables just in my laptop bag at all times to cover every, every eventuality. But 
today I had that wonderful thing where um, I have on loan uh, a MacBook Nothing, you know, the, the super slim iPad size MacBook that has uh, USB-C <laughs> charging. Nothing. And nothing else. Exactly. That's but why it's I called the MacBook Nothing. It's like, I don't like, I don't like it when companies don't help me. It's like, how do I, I've been saying the word MacBook. We've all been saying the word MacBook as generic term for the family of notebooks, but now you're saying, no, it's this specific one. So I have to say the MacBook nothing. So people know that, no, I mean specifically the MacBook that has nothing after it. Anyway, so tossing, tossing in my bag, thought, thought, thought I'm going to be doing some work this afternoon, forgot to charge it up. It was down to it was down to sad battery when you open the lid and said, ah, damn it, I didn't bring the charger. But hey, wait a minute, I do have my Anchor 80 million, 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 milliamp battery charger. And I do have my USB to USB-C charging cable. And hey, I'm able to power a MacBook off of this thing that I carry around to charge my phone with. And that is part of the, that is the future that's been promised us for USB-C. And that's why I'm willing to hold out as bad as 2017 is shaping up to be. I'm willing to hold out for 2018 because 2018 that particular problem will be more tractable than it was last year. I love charging my laptop in my car. It's such a great way to put the lighter in there to use. <laughs> <laughs> I charge it all the way to all, all about Android because, you know, I have to drive like 40 minutes. So I'm just like, oh, crap, I forgot to. I can just charge it and it's fine. And I have fast charging, too. I love technology. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but traveling, traveling. I travel now with one charger. I leave my watch at home because that's the one thing that doesn't have USB-C. But my laptop and yeah. my phone, Andy, and both yep. have USB-C. I travel with just the laptop charger cable and someone saw me plug it in at a conference. I have the huge 85-watt like MacBook Pro charger and I plugged it into my phone. They're like, are you insane? And I'm like, it's fine. Current is drawn. It's not pushed. <laughs> it's fine. Just relax. Yeah. It's not, it's not going to catch fire. And I kid you not, it was a Note 7 that I was plugging it into at the time. This is before <laughs> they started catching fire. <laughs> oh, you stud. Evil Knievel. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll I'll say that I will say finally though that it does have one extra advantage or one extra feature that I just realized right now that if I get into heaven and I'm just get in by this much, it'll be because I have around 2016, 2017, I stopped thinking evil, hateful, murderous thoughts at the coffee shop about these people who are sitting next to purposefully on the table next to like the bank of four outlets and they're not plugging anything in but they're reading a book not even an ebook but an analog book and i and that's the only table where i could possibly plug in and i need a charge and i'm sure that's gonna it, i'm sure that i need to live to be 73 at least to burn off all of the hateful thoughts that i've fired at people like that since i got a, since i got a phone and 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 battery operated computers but now i feel as though i'm i'm in the credit column because i can say oh oh well i'm you know that that might be a little bit thoughtless but hey who cares i have my big anchor battery pack i can just sit here i'll notice that the chair is a little bit lumpy but hey that's fine i'm a being of positivity and light now <laughs> oh let's excuse me do you even know where you're sitting <laughs> do you see those outlets I, let's not even get started about that in airports andy this this could literally turn into the whole, whole show. I have some exciting news, though. This is I personally released this. This is why I'm so excited about it. Allo for the web is out. Are we excited? I was kidding about I the should, me working I, on I, it. I, I didn't we, should, we should point out to, to uh, listeners that Allo is the name of a chat application that Google released last year. A-L-L-O. You might need to Google it yourself, too. I, I promise you, they did release it. It's been released. Not J E L L O. That's Jello. <laughs> it is A L L O. 
And it makes for some great sh- jokes with the, the TV show. You know, Renee, Renee, hello, hello. Like you'd get, the kids don't know what the heck you're talking about, but you can still be like, I'm funny. I actually you, have no idea what you're talking exactly. about. Exactly. Even if you don't know what the heck the show is because you're too young. <laughs> you're too young. It's, it's still a funny reference, even if nobody gets it. That's, I'm standing by that. Well, I'm super excited for Aloe on the desktop. I've been using it nonstop with the two, three people that I use it with. um we have actually been like i have a little so i have a little group chat which uh jason and ron and all about android and so it used to be that we would just chat you know monday evenings like right before you know we do the show on tuesdays and then kind of just like catch up every week around that time but uh since aloe's on the desktop now we've just been long having these conversations in my other browser window. So I'm just typing, typing, typing away. I'm multitasking between their conversation with everybody else. It's the same thing with my husband, just like sending him little like stickers throughout the day. Just let him know I'm like thinking about him, you know, not only that, but I saw some prodigal sons and daughters return to Aloe uh, this week in, in search of a spiritual journey towards a unified messaging strategy. Now, we all know that, you know, as far as spiritual journey goes, like Google's still kind of floundering on its spiritual journey and we're kind of along with it. Uh, but, you know, maybe maybe this is what I needed to sell my people on this sort of thing because, I mean... My best guy friend was aloeing me today after I hadn't heard from him in months. <laughs> uh, some people came out of the woodworks. Like I'm just saying, that I <laughs> maybe 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 that's part of the marketing tech. They realize that the only way they can get people to use aloe is to come up with an update that gets people to remember that it exists, download it just to see what it's like, and then at least they'll get like a spike of three days, in which particularly where where people who write about technology. And people who document these things and write books will have to will have to do it. I mean, I was I, I saw that uh, I saw the writing on the wall when I saw a tweet that you put out, Russell. That seemed to be an Allo <laughs> chat window that said, "Hi, I'm just seeing if anybody you are still using Allo or something." And then like nothing, 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 nothing. They're like, okay. I guess I I guess I'm all alone here then. I don't know <laughs> they, where. I do have an update on this, Andy. They, three hours later, they, they finally came back. I think it still sends you a notification on, in some cases even when you don't have the app installed, especially if you're on iOS. I think if you haven't turned that off, you even get like text messages and stuff. So this was um, – I, I can out them. It's fine. It's a public tweet. This was Yasmin um, Sargent and uh, – Yasmin Sargent. Oh, no. Yasmin Evian and Micah Sargent. For friends of the show, we'll say that. Um, we used to have like a, a group chat going and we used to – it was fun. Like Allo started. We're like, look at this. And then we completely stopped using it. I don't know if either of them still use it. So I send them both a message. Neither of them responded to this group chat for like five hours, and then eventually, yeah, one no, of them they don't like, use it because I I tried to, and then they responded. <laughs> one of them was like, "Oh, is this still a thing?" But then we had we had the best conversation towards the end, Andy. I realized the future is AI. Um, Micah posted a picture of Michael Scott laughing. You know, one of these moving pictures that the kids right. do. GIF. GIFs. GIFs. Is that what they're called? Yep, that's right. Um, and the auto suggestion thing down the bottom came up with "You look so happy." So I'm like, "All right, let's go with this." So for five minutes, we just had a little conversation using the the AI and nothing else. So we've got here on my side. You look so happy and beautiful. And then Micah says, thanks, dear. You look amazing. And then I say, a pleasure. And then he's like, very beautiful, absolutely beautiful. And I'm like, thanks. And he's like, you're welcome. Where are you from? And I'm like, I am here because that was any suggestion for where you're from. I'm here. Then I ask, where are you from? And he's like, at home. And then I asked him, where do you live? And that's where the conversation ended because we, we, they I just got too personal. We crossed the line. We went straight to the where do you wow. live. Yeah. I'm so glad you did that. That's like really... <laughs> No, uh, seriously. So, I mean, when I'm like using automated, my husband, they're always like, 
love you, cute emoji, love you, cute emoji, <laughs> see you later, cute emoji. It's just like, okay, I get it. This is how we communicate. Fine, barf, whatever. Uh, but never, never with does a it, friend. Does it, does it ever <laughs> autocomplete? That's okay. This is how we communicate, barf, whatever. <laughs> I, I just tap one button to get all that out. It, start, it actually started giving me, um, you guys know the little emoji characters? Not emoji, sorry, emoticons, but like the really expansive ones. Like, you know, like the shrug, the shrug one. Right, right. You know, yeah. that's like an expansive one. It keeps like giving me suggestions for that. <laughs> Clearly it knows. So like, like, um, I whatever. say words. I don't just like speak <laughs> out in symbols. You know, the, the one thing that got me really angry is the assistance built in there. So I got really excited. I'm like, oh, I can tell it to put stuff in my calendar. I can tell it to set reminders and all that sort of thing. And you try with the web version. It's like, hmm, I don't know how to do any of that stuff. I'm like, but you're the assistant. Come on. You're meant to assist oh. me. Uh, I think you have to send it, and then when you send it on the web, you click on the Google like little icon to the little bubbly thing that says the, Google Assistant. Yeah, and then it does the search in the chat window because, for instance, today I used it. My husband and I were talking. See, I, we've been using Hello. Uh, my husband <laughs> and I were talking about, um, oh, let's go on a trip or whatever. So I did like Google search for places and and flights and stuff like inside the chat window, just to get an idea of how much stuff costs. And I was like, okay, this is the real world use case scenario. Like this is where the desktop client is going to come in handy is for these like pivotal strategy meetings, <laughs> you know, between family and pivotal friends. Pivotal strategy meeting. I'm just trying this this live. Right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> what is the So title? what are you trying? Uh, it said set a calendar appointment. So I had to go to the actual assistant. Maybe that's what I was doing wrong. Uh, the little bubble with you've got the speech thing for it. And it was like, set a calendar mm-hmm, point. Mm-hmm. Where's the event today? At what time? 3 p.m. What's the title? Pivot is strategy meeting. Do you want me to save this? Yes. So I'm trying to save this to my calendar. Do, 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 do. Okay, adding the event. Wow. Okay. I tried that before. Maybe I tried it in the wrong place. Do I have an event for 3 p.m.? Drum roll. Da, 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 da. <laughs> it's not here, but I guess maybe my calendar hasn't updated. Who knows? Mm. Can I also do reminders? Set a reminder for 3 p.m. Aren't there different like assistant functionalities based on where you're tapping into it from? Like for instance, home has different commands that it takes versus the pixel. Yeah, that's what I thought. It's all like slightly different versions of the assistant and, and what it can do. Yeah. I mean, there, there seem to be a lot of limitations on it. Like Sorry, you can't like I just had to do one idea. I, I missed up three PM is three PN. And it told me, okay, I will set you the reminder three in quotes, 3 p.m. today at 10.22 a.m. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, that probably makes no sense when I say I'm that. Sorry, my, my, yeah. my, my, my imagination is running wild on what a system could think p.n. means. Or if you know what it means, but you're, you're censoring yourself because you know you're being recorded, but... So, so yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not an an not an Allo user, so uh, it's like it's still t- you can still only be logged in like at one place at a time. Yeah. So if you go and one and computer you, at a time, right? So you, so I can't have it like uh, active on my laptop and on my desktop, or I'll, I'll go back to my desktop and find out that oh, you've logged in, you've logged out because you're you had a coffee uh, th- uh, three hours ago uh, else out of the house. You still it still has to be. It really does feel like. It's not a desktop. It's not a web version of Allo so much as it is an external window on the phone app because it still has to be tied to a phone. And if you turn off your phone, it the the web browser has to be able to find 
your phone somewhere on the internet to verify that it's running an instance of Allo? It actually it seems to be sending it through your phone. So if you put your phone into airplane mode, okay. none of the messages like work anymore. Like you don't, they don't load up. And it gets you what it gets you to do is when you first go to use the web client, um, instead of logging in with your Google account, which I believe you can now link to Allo, it's like no, no, you need to scan this QR code with the app on your phone. So I, I haven't used this feature in WhatsApp for a while, but I believe this is exactly what WhatsApp did when they yes. did their quote yeah. unquote desktop client. Is it basically just somehow tethers the web browser back to your phone, like I guess via the internet, and everything kind of from then on goes through your phone. And yeah, if your phone drops out of range, or let's say you forget your phone somewhere, and you're like, oh, I just want to send it. Ah, oh, if your phone's not on the network, like good luck, you can't sort of send any messages. And every single new browser you go to, so I use a different computer here to to Skype with you two than I do to work. And I had to log in again, so it wasn't like it remembered. Like, oh, hey, Russell, how's it going? It's like, no, you got to scan this QR code again. At that point, you're like, it's useful because I like using a desktop keyboard, but that's uh, maybe there's some technical limitation that I'm not aware of. But this feels like if you're going to make a desktop client, why not just full on desktop client where I can actually log in, I can register with the same phone number if it has to be phone number based. Like, fine, if you can do some kind of initial authentication between my account and my phone, and from then on. I'm Russell, you know, whatever at Google, like just let me log in. Like I should just better log in. But isn't that how it stays secure though? Because I'm just thinking of, you know, uh, the instances where you've got, you know, for instance, iMessage, everything is syncing in the cloud. So if somebody picks up your iPad and you're all logged in, they're going to read all your messages that you have going with other people. I like the idea of I walking away from my desktop device, whatever that is, laptop, Chromebook, desktop and i've i've still got the messages in my pocket like that's they're just with me <laughs> i have no, the messages. I, no honestly <laughs> nope, yeah nope, they're just nope. they're in my pocket um and not only that but it also it feels like such a mobile first strategy which is like isn't that the direction that google really wants to like hurt us into i mean with like the chromebook and just the way it wants us to look at android as this like catch all operating system like imagine these apps having this like unlockability through your browser from your smartphone. No, I, I, no, I, 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 I get you there. It's just, <laughs> a, I mean, I, I, I will say that at first glance, it does seem like what I refer to as a bar bet uh, feature or bar bet uh, release, which is that there's, there's how you would go about doing this if you really wanted to create a web version of a uh, of a chat client. And then there's if you've made a $20 bar bet that you could create a web version of Allo, you would collect the $20. You would say, see, it runs in the web. I can log in. I can have a chat. I can log out. 20 bucks, please. You say, okay, no, you got it. You got it. It's not necessarily what we would want to ship, but okay, you did win the $20 bet. It's, I mean, it's, it doesn't, I don't know. It does, it doesn't get me excited about LO uh, any more than I was already, which was hard to chart to begin with. <laughs> I, I will say there are some positives though. We shouldn't just be negative on this. I know there's some people typing up emails right now that, that absolutely love this. Um, it is, seems to be reliable as long as it can reach your phone. It's, it's super like, it. solid. It loads all your messages, sure. unlike iMessage, which still struggles to do that in 2017. Um, it, it is very handy if you just want to use your computer to send stuff. You can drop images in there, like all that. Um, sort of stuff works. So for what it is, it, it works really well. Like the as as a desktop client, like as long as you don't mind the whole syncing and having to set it up with your phone, like it it works. I mean, the I'm not 100% sold on some of the design sort of choices they made. It looks like it's made for like a big browser window. There's no way to have like a little tiny version of it 
somewhere. Like it doesn't quite compress properly. Like when you have a, yeah, like when you have a weird scalable app, like on a tablet yeah, interface, yeah, exactly. that's what it feels like. <laughs> That's exactly what it feels like. And then there is one other weirdness, which I don't know if this is just me, but every time I send a message, my phone buzzes. I'm like, I sent that message. You don't need to vibrate my phone. Like, it's it's fine. Oh. Like, I, I sent it. Does yours do that? I, and my phone's always on silent. Oh, uh, you know. okay. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I mean, what are you bothered when I look at my phone is sort of the philosophy I have these days. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 the ringer on my phone is how I know that the person calling doesn't know me. <laughs> that's, okay. That's, that's, that's how I know. Uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. There's the one thing, oh, the one thing, the the thing that annoys me the most about iMessage and messages app on iOS is that it tries to be so clever about routing my messages that it gets it wrong just enough for me to once again wind up 10 points shy of getting into heaven because I'm thinking about, I don't know your names, engineers at Apple who are responsible for for an important message going from my phone to a friend's desktop computer instead of the iPhone in their pocket at the restaurant where they're sort of waiting for me to show up, but I hate you. At least for the next 11 <laughs> minutes, I'm going to have to hate you really, really hard for not getting that right. So, yes, I, I suppose that if it if I would much rather have a dumb app that simply says as soon as you log in on at place A, so long as I so long as I have proof of life of you on this device that has an instance of this messaging app, I'm going to log you out of every other instance of this app to make sure that those other versions cannot receive messages, only the one on the phone that is moving at this time or at the Mac or the PC that is being, or the browser window that is being clicked into. So yeah, I, I would, it's, it's not, it's not terrible. I just, it's just so hard to get me to because it's not just having to get me to switch to Allo. It's having to get me to get other people to switch to Allo as well. And so far, no takers. I am actually thinking that I need to have a legitimate discussion with some of the close people in my life <laughs> about installing an app. I think I can probably get my family on board, like my immediate family. We're talking mom and dad here. I don't think my brother is ever going to be on board with this. Uh, but my but my friends, it's going to be a lot harder to convince because all of them are tied to iMessage. So, yeah, well, it's it's I, I've heard that the best years ago when I, I kept struggling about I used to have like three or four different email addresses because I was changing addresses as I was moving as email services became easier to get for yourself. And I was like, OK, so I, I got to make sure I, get, I make sure I log into like the first address that I had in case someone has sent me something a month ago. And then I realized that the only way to solve the problem of switching to a new email address is to simply not respond to any email from any address than the one that you actually like to use. Because eventually someone will have a bad enough experience that when you tell them, oh, I'm sorry, didn't you get the email that I sent a year ago that I was closing down this email account and I need to, this is the new one you need to use. Oh, I'm sorry. You should definitely use that because I don't even check the, the rest of them. Maybe that's the, maybe that's what I need to do. I should be, I should have to say that I'm sorry, I'm, I'm switching to Allo or whatever Google <laughs> cancels it for and replaces it with in, in, in October and say, nope, I'm sorry. I'm only using Allo because I love the augmented reality stickers features in it. You'll love it too. And if you want me to pick you up at the airport and Tell me what gate you're waiting at that you're going to have to install the – you're going to have to buy an Android <laughs> phone alongside your iPhone because it's not available for, for the iPhone yet and do that because I'll bow down to Lord Andy. 
<laughs> Cross-platform, it is everywhere. Um, I have a, I have a question for you too. So there's been a persistent rumour for a while that iMessage is coming to Android and I'm I'm actually starting to believe it. I think it is something Apple yeah. will do. Yeah, yeah, because they, they want to have the whole, so they want to have the whole like I send you money soivices, thing. Like soivices, they, soivices. They take a cut, they All hold of your our money. money is coming out of soivices now. That's yeah. true. So let's, yep. let's just... Let's say hypothetically it, it, it arrives in, I don't know, October or something. It's available um, everywhere. Would Let's say the app is, is half decent, like it's designed as well as, you know, the, the music app on Android, which is actually not, not a terrible app. Um, would, would you actually use it? I've, I've got I've got so many I've got so many uh, iOS friends out there. Uh, it's it's not a problem for me to have an ex, an extra ver, to have a third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh messaging app on my phone, so long as it just gives me a notification saying, "Oh, by the way, you've got a message." I tap the notification and it launches the correct app. Uh, so long as long as it doesn't force me to have to like you know in, install a install a kernel extension somewhere to make this work, I'm on I'm on board. And and you're absolutely right, Russell. The the uh, Apple Music app for Android is an, is a kick butt app. It is just such a beautiful Android app, and it just makes no sense to me that Apple doesn't have messages going on Android. It's like every single Tom, Dick, and Harry who wants to got some funding for a messaging platform can support every single mobile operating system there is, I mean, all two of them. But Apple is saying that no, that's just far beyond our poor little resources. We're 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 a little fruit company in the in the in the apricot orchards of Cupertino, California. We're barely we're, we barely have electricity over here. <laughs> we have to get the wheat in. We have to. We, and si- Silas lost an arm in the thresher. What, what about you, Flo? <laughs> My two best friends are like iPhone users, so I would definitely, I would just have it installed for them. I want to be able to more easily share gifts with them, you know, all that stuff. So I, yeah, I would just for that, like, the fact I could text my friend when she's in the airplane, like that's. <laughs> that is pretty cool. Know? Yeah. It's just yeah. those little things. <laughs> It's it's a hard thing to have to tell your tell your friends and family that all so you're telling me that all I have to do to make it easier to keep in touch with you is to download and install this free app that costs me nothing. Sounds like a lot of work. Justine. It is a lot of work. <laughs> it's, you gotta, I don't know. it's a lot of work to put it on your front page. Although if you're an iPhone user, I guess it doesn't matter because your <laughs> entire interface is just tiles. Oh snap. <laughs> snap because um, for me i i only like to have four icons on the front page i don't want any more than that i'm with you Floyd. that one of the absolute <laughs> best features about android launches versus the ios launcher because there's only one of them is that you don't have to have all your apps on your home screen it's just the ones that you want mm-hmm. all the rest are available mm-hmm. in a drawer you don't need to create a folder of like stuff i will never use and put yeah. it in there you don't need to have this weird situation where you delete an app like on iOS, but it's not really gone. It's still kind of there. And now you can't send email because you deleted the email app. And even though you have another email app, it's like, oh, you can't use that. You don't have our email app installed. Um, but <laughs> let's not go there. I guess what I was getting at with the whole um, would you install iMessage thing is Allo could be the greatest app in the world, but getting adoption for your like messaging platform, whatever your messaging platform might be, that's an insanely hard problem. And I I really don't think Google's going to crack it. And I, I do like this feature. Like if you if you want to talk it up, it's exactly like the WhatsApp feature. WhatsApp's one of the most popular um, instant messaging apps like in the entire world. Like people seem happy yep. with it. But the problem is you you can't just make something that matches and be like, look, we're the same. Like join our platform. Like I, I honestly think if if iMessage came to Android, um, let's say in October, and it's it's done well, 
I can see tons of people like instantly switching to that. Not because it's 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 a better app, but because like everybody's already on the service. It's like if your friends use your friends and family use this, there is so much less friction in just going. You know what? I'll just install the app that that you twelve people use instead of getting all of you twelve people to install like my app. Yeah. Plus, the people who were using Hangouts, like they were using it because it's already integrated with Gmail. Like that's why my and it was Gtalk before, and so all that stuff just got migrated over. You know what I mean? And so it was a natural progression for those people who were using that chat app, who were using Gtalk and all that. There's no natural progression between going from Hangouts, which is what you may have been used to as just a general Google user, to Allo, which is very focused for like this mobile, you know, use. It's well. We'll see. If it becomes like the de facto on Android, like that's cool. I could I could be fine with that, but um it's not hangouts. <laughs> I'm I'm just I'm just praying for a Google messaging app convergence. One of the yeah. if there's if there's one feature that I love about messages on, on iOS, it's that it's one app called messages. It's not three it's not the 2017 Apple messaging strategy alongside the 2015 messaging strategy alongside yeah. the 2010 messaging strategy that they have to keep in touch because they're because they they really uh, it's like yeah I, I I just don't know which one Apple is serious uh, that Google is serious about and until they simply say there is we can't we've canceled Kangouts there's now Allo there is if you if you're desperate we'll put a skin on it so you can make it look all green but yeah it's all Allo. Sometimes you really do have to pull the pull the rug out from uh, from people. They will complain justly so for a few days, but as soon as everything starts working completely smoothly again, which will happen if you're not dopes, they'll forgive you. They'll for oh no, they won't forgive you. They'll forget you even made a change to begin with. <laughs> Unless you take away the headphone jack, that hatred I take to the grave. <laughs> Never forgive. Well, never forgive. Because that's like a like an it's like an evolution of something. I didn't ask to be involved in that way. Like what? Who go. are you, Darwin? <laughs> Taking away my headphone jack, changing the way I function as a human. You don't get to play Darwin, Google. That's not how this works. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, all right. I, I did have something interesting happen this week. Um, I I've, we've been developing this backend service for Pocket Cast. Um, I've been basically like working on just one server version of it and then we're ready to launch it, like it's almost ready to go. And then the other developer that's working with me, he's like, don't we need like a staging version of this? And I got so used to deploying straight into production, I'm like, yeah, probably do need another server to test stuff on before we unleash it on the world. And I thought, where do I go? Like, what do I do? I need I need another server in the cloud. And I'm like, if only we had some kind of sponsor that sponsors this show regularly that could, <laughs> that could give me that server. And so I did. <laughs> this episode of Material is brought to you by Linode and I literally did just use them two days ago to spin up another server. It took all of two minutes. It was pretty good. So Linode lets you get set up in seconds with their fast, powerful hosting. Their tools are easy to understand and they let you use their resources and Linux distro, whichever one you want to choose, giving you the power and flexibility you need. Their plans start at just $5 a month. So if all you need is a staging server to test your stuff on, $5 a month for a Linux server with one gig of RAM in the Linode cloud, that's a pretty good deal. Um, you get some of the industry-leading performance. You get native SSD storage, so super fast storage. You get access to a 40 gigabit network, um, Intel E5 processors. You know, they're in nine different data centers around the world. So if you need it to be you know, closer or further than, than where you want it to be, like you can do that for testing. Um, they have an API, so if you want to automate a whole bunch of tasks, you can do that. Super simple scaling. You just go into the admin area. You can click a few buttons, you know, reboot the server. Um, it's all manageable via the command line as well if that's that's your thing. And their pricing teachers, uh, pricing teachers, their pricing features 
hourly billing. So let's say you spin up a server for half a month and you're like, oh, actually, I don't need this anymore. You can shut it down. You can delete it. Um, you've only paid for that half a month. So that's, that's pretty cool. So again, you can get a server with one gig of RAM for just $5 a month. You can go all the way up to 16 gig for $60 a month. And across the board, Linux are now offering twice the RAM you get anywhere else. So as a listener of this show, you're like, there must be some kind of discount in this for me. Like, how do I do this? Lino.com slash material, L-I-N-O-D-E dot com slash material. And you not only support this show, but you get $20 towards your first uh, Lino plan. So if you want to go on the $5 a month plan, that's four months free. That's pretty good. So Lino.com slash material to learn more, sign up and take advantage of that $20 credit. Or you can use the promo code material2017 at checkout. And we want to thank Lino so much for supporting this show. Talk about support, though. Uh, <laughs> we found out the couple, there, there's a lot of discussion this week about the amount of money that Google is spending to make itself keep itself as the default search engine on various phones. Uh, an analyst uh, at uh, Bernstein uh, by the name of A.M. Sakanagi Jr. Uh, said that uh, it had a, a note to investors on Monday. Uh, basically uh, projecting that Google was going to be spending $3 billion in payouts to Apple uh, during fiscal year 2017, again, just to maintain its its position as the default search engine uh, on all iOS devices. Uh, the other interesting thing in the same note, he's saying that this $3 billion represents about 5% of Apple's 2017 operating profits. So <laughs> so that's, that's, that's a big small, in that. <laughs> So, I mean, I, I don't see. Uh, uh, this is this is why it's kind of hard for me to like attend like Apple keynotes when they begin they, when they begin the keynotes with "Here's how much money we made last year." And I said, "Yeah, one of it was a big hunk and check from Google." Uh, <laughs> and I'm also I'm also curious because they were there's there a, a bunch of news about how Apple how much uh, in the uh, analyst call from a few weeks ago about how much money Apple is now making from services and it was like in the high 20s of billions of dollars uh, and problem number one was yeah but tr trying to make the point that oh look how much money we're now making we're, we're not just a hardware company we're making money off of music and we're money, making money off of cloud storage I said yeah but remember how last year you said that you made about 18 billion dollars off the app store and now we add three billion dollars i bet you can i don't know i don't know how you'd how you'd write that into the into the into the profits but yeah that's that's kind of weird uh but the same report also says if that seems like a lot of money uh it also noticed that the ios traffic is currently generating 50 percent of google search revenue so maybe that's not a hard painful check to write three billion dollars a year uh that was interesting in in the case that uh, 2014 they're only paying a billion dollars so apple seems to be a good negotiator for this uh though maybe not as good a negotiator as samsung because korean analysts uh, after this came to light were claiming that samsung is getting 3.5 billion dollars uh for having the google search bar right there front and center uh on uh, on uh, samsung galaxy phones that's a lot of that's a lot of chestnuts. That's a lot of money. And what does this say about who is driving all of this traffic to Google? It is iPhone and iPad users and Galaxy users. Like because Galaxy's <laughs> the what it's the number one selling Android brand, right? Essentially. And a lot of people have iPhones and a lot of people have iPads. And so to maintain its relevancy and maintain its brand, you got to spend some money to make some money, honey. <laughs> that, that is a lot of money, though. Like, it, 
it makes sense. Like there's a there's a ton of users yeah. on these platforms, and you want them to go to your search engine. And if you have to pay um, for that privilege, I guess Google obviously figures it's worth it. Like we'll pay out. Well, it's not like Yahoo's going to pay it. <laughs> they, this was also this came up. I remember this came up back in 2011, I think, with Firefox as well. When it came to light, they were paying 300 million dollars a year back then to be the default. Um, search engine in the Firefox desktop sort of web browser. So this is not uncommon. Like Google wants to be the default. Like it, it makes sense. Most users aren't going to switch. And I, I don't know that there's a better search engine to switch to. That's another discussion. But let's yeah. pretend there was. Like this would still be worth it. Like you still want to be the default because every piece of user interface research I've ever seen says that the majority of users just don't go into settings. They don't switch stuff. They don't bother. Like it's, it's too hard. Whatever the default is, that's what 98% of the user base are just going to use. That's why it's so important as a developer to set the defaults right. So on the one hand, this is worth it, but the, the one question I have for you two, which I really want a response on, is let's say hypothetically Google stopped paying this today like and these two companies switch to, I don't know, DuckDuckGo or Bing or, or something. Like would how much would that harm Google? Like is, is there any coming back from that if the, the top two phone manufacturers are like, you know what, you're not the default anymore? Do you remember when Apple Maps came out and <laughs> everybody was like, what is this crap? It doesn't even work. I do. I was one of those I'm people. Imagining, I'm, like, what I'm just imagining uh, iPhone users being really annoyed and just going, I don't understand this. Why am I getting like, why am I getting search results from Bang? Nobody uses Bang. But on the other hand, maybe a lot of them just don't care. And I think, but I, and I also think it would hurt. I think uh, on the flip side, I think maybe it would hurt Samsung. <laughs> so I think yeah. Apple would, the Apple thing would maybe hurt Google, and then the lack of Google would maybe hurt Samsung. <laughs> because because then why would you get a Samsung phone if Google's not default? That's that's ridiculous. Well, don't you know? Don't throw shade on Samsung so quickly. I mean, Samsung True. came out with their own Samsung Music. They came out with their own Samsung <laughs> Fit. Both of them screaming successes. Not, not able to dislodge uh, any, uh, you know, it was, t- they were both terrible. Yeah, they would, they would do a terrible <laughs> version of search. Uh, it's, it j- but it does give you an idea, though, that it's not just like marketing. It's not just branding. It's like the official search engine of the 2018 Los Angeles Olympic Games or whatever. This is, here is how much money we make from every user who comes to us from an iPhone. That's, we will give you we will give you $3 billion and one of those fruit bouquets delivered to your door as a thank you gift. Ooh, uh, I don't, love those. I, 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 it would be, it would be interesting though, to see, uh, Apple try to replace Google search with something else. I don't know if they could do it. They would have, I think that they would much rather decide to, uh, sort of have a, partnership opportunity with Bing or some other search partner or DuckDuckGo saying we've we've made a major investment of oh I don't know three billion dollars in DuckDuckGo <laughs> we're using them to leverage our uh, our artificial intelligence research because we think that you should have search results that don't actually go into ads at all uh, I mean that that Ooh, would yeah. be the way to kill Google yeah. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't put that past Apple. Like they, they love controlling stuff and they love wrestling that power back from Google. If there was some way they could build a competing search engine, even by partnering with someone like DuckDuckGo or something similar, I, I wouldn't put them past trying that. Like Flo said, that's exactly what they did with Apple Maps. They made the decision that, you know what, mapping is such a strategic part of the operating system that we're willing to wear this for a few years. Like our mapping solution is going to be worse. I don't think anyone inside Apple thought on day one that their mapping solution was superior. Like I'm sure they put the two side by side and said, you know what, this is not as good, but 
The only way to make it better is to, <laughs> to unleash it on our users and just get the data like over the next few you years. Know, like- we admit it's just not that good. Uh, <laughs> we sat down and talked about it and we realized in a post-mortem it just, it, it's not that good so we're going to try and make it better. Turns out it can't actually get you to where you want to go. It's <laughs> our mistake. We're so sorry about that. Like, do you know what I mean? Like I wouldn't put them past trying that and it does feel like, I don't know, like it's weird to think that in 2017 and, and onwards like search could be yet another battleground because if they're negotiating this price up, like Andy said, up from one one billion to three billion, they're obviously negotiating against something. Like unless it's just X dollars per iPhone, which it could be that as well. But if it's not, if it's some kind of thing where every year or two years they get together and they're like, let's renegotiate this contract and it goes up, that suggests they have some kind of leverage and maybe their leverage is like, you know what, we could potentially do this ourselves if we wanted to. You wouldn't want us to do that. Mm. Yeah, they they could. It's 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 hard to fight against somebody who has a two hundred forty three billion dollar checkbook. There are any business, any business, <laughs> including a car company they wanted to buy, they could just buy. They could write that damn check. It's like it's like when uh, it's like when like Jerry Seinfeld like walks into a restaurant and complains about the bad service. He could like he could like call his manager, buy this restaurant, and fire anybody he doesn't like if he if that perturbs him, and still have. All that Seinfeld money from the TV show left over. So yeah, it's it's must be, it must be hard to threaten Apple that way because they could buy DuckDuckGo, they could they could buy Yahoo uh, and chloroform the parts that need to be sent back to Jesus and keep the parts that are worth <laughs> uh, worth developing. Uh, on the other hand, I mean, Google has something that even Apple doesn't have, which is they they got the they got the verb. People don't. People don't internet search things. People Google yeah, search things. True. People Google mm. that. So, but I mean, you're right. They they did get uh, people use Apple Maps because it's default and because you have to download a, a second app to get Google Maps going. And unless you're plugged into uh, via Gmail or other and uh, other uh, Google uh, online apps, it might it might not be worth it for a bunch of people who might not notice that there's any real difference. So, and that's you know, uh, Google certainly can't kill. Apple, by challenging its hardware market for iOS devices, Apple possibly could kill Google in the long term by teaming up with Facebook and killing their ad business. So, Don't give them ideas. <laughs> mm. <laughs> oh, man. If Apple and Facebook partnered, that would be, that would be the end of things. That would be quite interesting. Um, but you know, guys, stuff is happening all around us, so... Anything could happen at this point. I mean, 2017, we're not safe. It's perfectly fine. Not safe. Not safe from Apple. Shall we shall we end with a piece of unmitigated joy? I yes. lost a half a day's productivity with last week's Google Doodle celebrating the 45th, 44th anniversary of the birth of hip hop, which is I was I, I gotta say the one the, the one when they did the when there's the uh, the World Cup of women's cricket they had the little little cricket game I enjoyed that I enjoyed the hell out of that but the but the 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 hip hop doodle I was just totally blown away by that where it starts off with starts off with a video like and with great animation goes into essentially uh, essentially like guitar hero for DJing. Where you got turn two turntables, no microphone, but you got the two turntables. Teaches you how to how to uh, how to mix records. the The best thing though was going to the record crate and looking because you can load in different records onto that thing. And suddenly, I'm I 
I'm not I'm not not a hip hop fan. I'm just never got into it, so I can't even. I don't want to disrespect the medium by claiming to be very, very familiar with it. Although I can say it's a hip hop, hippie, hippie, hip hip hop. You don't stop rocking to the bang bang, but you up, up, up jump from the boogie to the rhythm of the boogie beat. Now, what you hear is not a test. I'm rapping to the beat, and me, the groove, and my friends are going to try to move your feet. Now, I am Wonder Mike, and I like to say hello to the black, to the white, the red, and the brown, the purple, and yellow because I got a bang bang, a boogie to the boogie, up jump the boogie to the bang bang, but you say rock, you don't stop. Got the rhythm that'll make your body, body stop rock. Now, so far you've heard my voice, but I brought two friends along, and well, next on the mic is my man Hank. Come on, Hank, sing that song. Yes, it's Rapper's Delight from the Sugar Hero Gang. I've it was one of my favorite songs and i've i've never i will forget my own phone number before i forget the first wow section of rapper's delight <laughs> but but i'm saying so but i'm uh, but you can't you can't as part of american culture you can't not be familiar with the music and they were showing you well here here are like the original like r&b and soul albums that were mixed to create the music that you were familiar with in like the 80s 80s hip-hop and i'm like oh my god i remember that beat that's oh my god here's the entire there's it's just it's a it's a record album called uh latin drum beats really that's the ne- oh wow that's so cool and then you and drilling deeper and actually learn it, it the, the 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 jerks they 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 trick me into learning stuff that's you, you always regret that they you, i just thought i was just going to have fun like playing with this little audio app that cost me nothing but it's teaching me about the history of the medium teach taught me about the you can the, the you can trace it back to one party that happened where and here's why they call it breaks because it's the instrumental breaks in the music that again i've lived on this planet for quite a while i never knew what the word break came down to it's like i'll be damned I'll, not only did i put off work for a good three and a half four hours but now i am significantly less dumb than i was four hours ago when i sat down determined to get three or four items off my to-do list before i foolishly opened up a browser window in chrome and clicked on the play button so is there a resource or something somewhere where you can like grab the you know most educational or i guess the most dynamic google doodles and sort of use them like in a classroom setting because wouldn't it be cool to do like a little intro to you know hip-hop or something with some kids and kind of like i know they've got computers in their classroom okay this is 2017 um, if they had them in 97, I'm pretty sure they have them in 2017 and just kind of <laughs> plop them down there and, and have them sort of like explore the music and, and see that it's more than just, you know, the top 40 stuff they've heard on the radio, like the reductive, you know, stuff they might be hearing on the radio. I don't know. I like the idea of learning with Google in that way. <laughs> I think it's a cool idea. Like I, some of these seem perfect for the classroom. Like you've got the little, like in the thing Andy was talking about, you click on the Google Doodle, like a whole thing comes up, gives you like a whole tutorial about like, hey, this is how you mix the the beats. I'm not even going to try and sound cool. Like it's just, it's it was really cool. Like I played with it, same as you, Andy. Like I just, I'm sitting there like, click, click, this is cool. And the thing I didn't realize is as an Australian, so as the only non-American here, um, I didn't realize that hip hop was so quote unquote modern. Like I, I thought it went back from before the 70s. I didn't realize that it was kind of born like, after disco, if that makes sense, I you know that that was a that was a that was an education for me as well because I associated with the eighties, with basically when I started listening to music that was not already in my parents' living room uh, living room eight track collection. So I didn't I didn't realize it a had gone back quite that far, and also that no here is here they, they, the the team that put together the Google Doodle had their picture taken, uh, got went went to, visited did like the the, the heroes tour uh, of the history of hip hop and got, went to the the place in Brooklyn that where the big house party the the the, the high the high end of summer high school party 
uh, <laughs> took place at 1520 Cedric Avenue. I'm sorry, not in Brooklyn, the Bronx. Uh, shows you how hip I am. But 1973, and I would not have guessed that went all the way back to 73. But I guess that's the difference. I've, I've, my first exposure to hip hop was through like MTV, which means that it wasn't until big record companies had figured out how to exploit it as opposed to what was actually happening at the time. And again, so I, I, I legitimately feel less dumb than I was not, not, I, I don't think my lack of knowledge about hip hop was holding me back, but any ignorance does hold you back in ways that you don't really understand. And again, the fact that it tricked me into just playing with this music app, that was just le just legitimately fun to play with. And then you just keep clicking things and learning about artists and learning about how certain moves got invented and you find you just want to keep googling and learning more and more about this and it's just a it's just a silly header at the top of a search box isn't that amazing thanks for the palette cleanser google i like it when that happens yeah it's a good palette cleanser hmm. I, I would love I would love to read like an oral history, even like a, a full time book just about doodles. And it's not so much about like here's the top 10 greatest doodles. It's just that there are times where like it's it's somebody's birthday and they commissioned a beautiful like just piece of static art. And that's that that's always beautiful. And anytime there's they make it interesting enough that you want to click on it and find out who this person is and why this person is being honored. But then sometimes you'll click on, oh, I guess it's Freddie Mercury's birthday. And you click on it and thinking that it's going to be just this little, you know, like a little animation. And no, it turns out to be an entire four minute animated music video uh, from of, of a Queen song, which is a start to finish tribute to Freddie Mercury's life. That is the most beautiful thing that you have to like find where they put that video on YouTube and then download it and then like put it on your home media server because you kind of want to keep watching it over and over again. <laughs> it's like what at, I think I, when that came out, I, I tweeted out the link uh, uh, for that doodle when I came on that day saying, question, is somebody at Google a really serious Freddie, Mer Freddie Mercury fan? Answer this link like that. That, that that took a lot of time and a lot of people who really wanted this to happen, just like a lot of people really wanted this hip hop doodle to happen. And deservedly so. Yeah. Hip hop is the reason I have any taste in music at all. Really? To be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Possibly. Come on, guys. I grew up on Eurodance, okay? Let's come on. I got to hold on to something. <laughs> oh, man. That hasn't changed in like 30 years. It's a topic for another day. Flo, no, it hasn't. And I still love it. And <laughs> and that's the end of that. <laughs> I, I sometimes go back to visit my family in like Europe and the, the music has not changed like at all. I'm nope. like, wow. And I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note. And on that note, <laughs> perhaps we should end. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, if you want to thank us in a monetary way, you can uh, sponsor our show, not not necessarily by advertising, although if you are a car company or a petrochemical concern with uh, multiple countries covered and blighted with your uh, filthy, filthy uh, petrochemicals, we will take your money. Uh, but you can also uh, offer sponsorships by pledging a certain amount of money. Uh, just go to www.relay.fm slash material. There you'll also find our feedback line. So if you want to send us email telling us that, hey, I am a member of the petrochemical industry and how dare you blight our industry and we were going to sponsor you so badly that you wouldn't have to buy a pixel phone wait a year until it became <laughs> remaindered ha ha ho ho that would serve me right anyway uh again relay.fm slash material uh flow where can people see your your epic flowness uh i've been petting some stuff actually for pc world again so Yay. you can come over there and see what i've been working on uh otherwise i'm just all over the internet 
also on the Twit Network and also on Twitter at Oh That Flow. Yay. Russell, how about you? Uh, Rusty Shelf on Twitter. And I just want to say to any petrochemical representatives that are listening, I don't mean to imply that the shelf was made rusty by any sort of uh, oxidization that was caused by any sort of pollutants <laughs> that came from any sort of motor vehicles. I stand by that statement. And should I also say that, I mean, at this rate, there was a time where I'd be worried about the planet that we're handing to our grandchildren. Now I'm thinking we'll be lucky if we get 15 years out of this place. So let's live it up. So again, dump whatever you want. If you want us to justify whatever you're doing, again, back the truck up. Uh, large denomination bills, we will take it. Uh, I'm Andy Anatko. You have to spell my last name to uh, find me on the web. I'm at anatko.com for my blog. My Twitter is anatko, and my Instagram is also anatko. The stuff I write about tech for pay is on the Chicago Sun-Times website at suntimes.com. Thanks, everybody, for listening this week. Hope you listen again next week. Until then, have a great week, everybody. 